All right, happy Friday, Q's fans. Welcome back to Locked On Syracuse. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, as always. And Ty, I think this is take three of us doing this here because we're about to get to... You know, to... should we just release the tapes? <laughs> Let's release the tapes of all of our takes that we have done on this episode right here because this is getting absurd at this point. Right. We'll probably have to do another one um, at some point. But the reason why, we have this great interview lined up. Ben Burroughs, you're going to hear from him here in a moment. But we have to take some time at the top here and talk about the news that came out. Originally, the news was just Patrick Tepay decommitting from Duke. We recorded right after that and thought, you know, wow, that's pretty big news. The former Syracuse target, Columbia Center, is back on the market. Then Jeff Ehrman comes out on Twitter, a guy who follows Maryland Athletics. Not, I guess, Maryland is on Patrick Tepe's list, but he has a scoop, apparently, and says, I'm hearing Tepe decommitted from Duke because Syracuse managed to flip him. He said, quote, he's got a longstanding relationship with their staff, wouldn't be surprised by a public Q's commitment soon. And then Mike McAllister over at Q's Nation says that announcement or commitment is coming tomorrow. He didn't say whether it was Syracuse or not, but by the time you're listening to this, maybe you already know where Patrick Tepay is, but we don't right now. But it does feel like Syracuse is maybe the front runner all of a sudden, Ty. Definitely looks like they're pretty strong in the mix, especially from the Ehrman report, and then you hear McAllister going out and saying that, him, him obviously being a Syracuse guy, so who knows, maybe it, it does add up a little bit there, but when you think about what what you're seeing from this tweet from Jeff Ehrman, along with some of the stuff we talked about with Ben Burroughs, like the relationship is there, and the fact that you're decommitting mid-pandemic, you're not going to be able to go visit a bunch of these places, True. that makes me start to believe that, okay, since the relationship is there, he's got one season and one season only. He's not going to burn it with someplace that he hasn't given a whole lot of thought, a team that's kind of come in and swooped in late towards his services as well. He's going to go where he's familiar. And it's like the Cheers theme song, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And that might be Syracuse because they they know who Patrick DePay is. I mean, he's been coached by, by Red Autry as well overseas um, in that Team USA thing too. So... Definitely makes a lot of sense if it is Syracuse at the end of the day. Yeah, we know he has seen Syracuse for sure, and he's visited it. And some other schools on his list, and a USC in particular, he had to cancel that visit because of all this coronavirus stuff. Ohio State was on his short list. Maryland, of course, as we've kind of talked about. We've heard some Georgetown rumblings maybe, but it would be great for Syracuse twofold because one, it'd be kind of poetic and pretty sweet if they could get a Duke flip here and sort of stick it to Coach K after yeah. he's come in last minute on a couple of these guys. But also, this would be a huge ad. I think he would start right away, and obviously that's such a position of need right now. Well, I think he'd have to start right away because that's the only way he's coming over to Syracuse. Also, on top of that, I mean, how crazy would it be that Syracuse fans – break Duke Twitter twice in a single week, huh? Like, between the ACC basketball tournament of players and now this. That would be a huge win for all the Cuse idiots out there. And I, I say that in an endearing way as well, all right? That, that's not supposed to be defamatory or anything. That That's just simply... Though, I mean, you, you see Noons do it all the time. Just idiots assemble. I mean, that is what Syracuse, <laughs> the fan base, is doing right now. They are going out... And they're going to take down Duke twice in one week. How about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, they would uh, let the Duke fans hear it for sure, I think. so. I mean, the Duke anyway, fans we'll are get letting to us our... hear it too. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. We'll get to our interview with Ben Burroughs here. It's a good chat coming up on the sort of state of recruiting for Syracuse. And we'll see. We'll have more on Patrick Tepe on Monday for sure. We're assuming that he will announce his decision one way or the other. And maybe as you're listening to this, he has already come to Syracuse, which hey, they'd finally get a big man over 210 pounds, so that'd be something. So anyway, coming up shortly is our part two of our chat with Ben Burroughs from Syracuse.com. Is there anyone else that you think Syracuse may go after, or do you think they have any intentions of going after more names? Because we've kind of heard mixed things on whether they're going to be active in the transfer portal, and Based on what we've seen from those three names, it feels like they're pretty active right now. Right. So I've been under the interpretation that they weren't going to be super active in, in, in the sense that the the coaching staff hasn't gone into this process feeling the need that they had to get a guard or they had to get a forward. I think they need to do those things, but that doesn't mean that they think that they need to do those things. Um, they've been monitoring the portal very, very closely. I know everybody's checking it every single day, every single morning to see who could be a fit. And I think that if they get somebody that is the perfect fit, sort of like an Alan Griffin or a Josh Morgan, where they are a kid that you would already recruit for your scheme, um, that's somebody that they'll pursue. But I don't think there's any pressure for them right now. And Jim has sort of backed that up saying that he thinks they're okay for next year. Um, I don't think they're going to try to chase anybody that, that isn't a great fit for the sake of doing it. I, I don't think they're going to go after somebody like a John Gillen type player that doesn't really fit the mold of the zone, but that year they sort of needed depth. So they go after him. Um, I think they could use the depth this year. Um, so, but that's a completely different thing. I, I haven't hmm. heard any other names. Um, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get anybody over the summer. Um, I think they need to, but whether or not Jim thinks that is, is something different. What about in the regard of maybe not necessarily, a like a, a three-star who's kind of late to the party right now, trying to scrap together what mm-hmm. he wants to do for next season, but maybe even like a, a Brendan Paul or a Braden Bayer type of thing where it's a preferred walk-on type of situation. Right. Um, I was actually, there, there were a couple of players that I thought about reaching out to um, recently. I, I, the, the name is escaping me now, um, but he's a Syracuse kid that uh, I think his name is uh, Jay something. Um, I can try to look it up now. Uh, that he's like a six seven forward. Uh, Jay Smith went to Bishop Ludden um, and he was sort of giving, he was, he was getting some decent offers and I don't think Syracuse ended up offering him. Um, But he was sort of in that mix with like uh, Micah Adams Woods and uh, Samir Torrance, you know, those, those Syracuse kids that were sort of on the cusp of being a Syracuse caliber player. I thought maybe he's a guy that they could go after, but, but in general, not sure. And then, you know, with some of those preferred walk-ons, you you just want the academics anyway. Give me those A pluses, those four pointos. <laughs> so, taking a look at this from more of a broader lens now, and kind of a general question, uh, what would you say about the the state of recruiting these past couple years? Because I know if you yeah. go on some fan boards or 
if you talk to some Syracuse fans, they'll tell you the sky is falling. And since Mike Hopkins has <laughs> left, there's been a significant drop and that's concerning everything. But there's also Dior Johnson, who's the best recruit right. Syracuse has ever gotten if he does come. And that's yeah. coming in 2022. So you're someone that follows recruiting very closely. You know the history of the program. How would you evaluate just these past couple of years? So specifically, they have been down. You can't you can't argue that. Yeah. You know, we can we can look at the recruiting rankings. We can see that they've been bringing in, you know, the ninth rated class in the ACC or the 10th rated class in the ACC. Those numbers don't lie. Recruiting is down. Whether or not I think fans should necessarily panic, I, I wouldn't say so. You know, I, I know a lot of fans definitely are. Um, there's definitely sort of a sky is falling, especially with like this past class, you miss on Andre Jackson. Um, was it the year before you miss on Quaddy Green? Uh, Jordan Tucker is a guy that sort of dipped out on you. I think they were in Isaiah on Isaiah Stewart's Reed. one that hurts yep. too. Yep. Isaiah Stewart yeah. really hurts. You know, Thomas Bryant over the last five or six years was one that really, really hurt. Um, but in general, I would say that I wouldn't panic because in, in general, I think recruiting sort of goes through its ebbs and flows and Syracuse has been down for a little bit. And then Dior Johnson is the type of recruit that will sort of bring things back. But specifically with Syracuse, I think recruiting can be pretty volatile because you look at the type of player that Syracuse has to recruit for, for the zone. You know, you've got these players that are long, hyper-athletic. They've, they've got, you know, you, you're looking at guards that are six foot five, six foot six, forwards that are, are 6'10", 6'11", like legitimate NBA size for a lot of these kids. And... I think those kids fall into one of two categories. They're either the hyper elite or they're the projects. And I think it's okay to miss on the hyper elite kids because when you think about how many five-star recruits there are, there's what, 12, 15, maybe 25 stars in a cycle. We know Kentucky's getting two. North Carolina's getting two. Duke is getting two. You're going to have somebody come out of nowhere where LSU gets one, Florida gets one, Gonzaga gets one. Western Kentucky is always a player in this stuff too. Yeah, you've got some of these random (laughs) Legally or or illegally, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you really think about sort of the guaranteed blue bloods that are going to bring in these five stars, the rest of the country is sort of fighting over a group of, you know, five to ten kids. And then when you think that Syracuse has to specifically recruit for the zone, Quad A Green was a five-star kid he was only like six foot one how good of a fit for the zone was he actually going to be and so when you start kicking out the kids that aren't a great fit now you're talking about two or three players and you can miss on two or three players right so they've had to go to some of the projects you know a john bullajock or a jesse edwards when you miss on those kids and you know I, i think syracuse is more interested and recruiting for guys that are going to fit their system and are going to be more of a project, but they can get there eventually instead of bringing in a guy that, that isn't going to fit that mold. Um, you know, they don't want to go for a six foot four small forward type guy. Um, and so when that's sort of the philosophy, I think things can get volatile. And unfortunately over the last few, you know, three, four, five years, they've missed on a lot of stuff. I, I think it's just part of the process. I think Syracuse will, will get through it. Um, I don't think fans need to panic. They just have to understand that this is what happens sometimes, you know, 
Um, it's they're they're going to get through it. I, I think Syracuse will be okay. It's been frustrating lately, but I think it'll be fine. In 2021 and 2022, I think is is a great example of how things can change so so quickly. So w- when you look at primary recruiters, I, I always find this fascinating. So. When Hopkins was with the program, he was he was the primary recruiter. He was the godfather. He was going to come into your home and give you an offer you could not refuse. But yeah. now you've got Griff in there, okay? It mm-hmm. seems like he's kind of taking the reins on that. How good of a job would you assess that he has done, albeit a, a very small sample size so far, but how would you assess the job he's done of kind of replacing what Hopkins was doing? So in general, I think it's really difficult to replace Hop because he was so, so good. And I think we're still seeing the remnants of that when he goes all the way out to Seattle and he's still picking up kids from New York and he's still recruiting the East Coast. But I think Griff has done a great job. It's easy to forget, but he got Darius Basley. You know, he got a top fit. I mean, Basley was what, like 15th in the country? Yeah. 10, 15th in the country and I think, yeah he ended up being top 10 you know it was really a really unfortunate situation that he decided to sort of take that path but he comes in and immediately gets one of the highest rate I, I think at the time Basley would have been the highest rated recruit they had gotten since Carmelo we were having yeah, the exact yeah. same mm-hmm. the exact same conversations with him as we are about Dior so I think he's been a complete slam dunk for Syracuse you know it, uh, an unfortunate situation sort of derailed that, but he still got that kid. He got that kid to flip almost immediately from Ohio State. Um, and so in general, I, I think he's done a great job. I think Jerry is sort of bucking the uh, the the uh, the rumors that he can't recruit because he's been on Dior for a long, long time. And so, you know, if he if he lands Johnson, I think it's hard to to argue with the job that Jerry's done too. And then Autry in general is just a really, really good recruiter. He's, he's in on some of the 22 guys, 2022 guys. Um, And he's, he, I've heard nothing but fantastic things about red. The 2021 class. I know you mentioned Mac ETN earlier. Who are Mm -hmm. some other prospects that fans should be looking out for in 2021? And how is that class shaping up in your eyes? So I think 2021 is probably going to be a smaller class in general, because 2022, I think, is going to be the one where they could really go wild. You know, if they bring in Dior and they could bring in Chance Westry and then sort of the forgotten guy that I think is really surprising is Roddy Gale who loves Syracuse and is a top 50 player and in most years would be the gem, you know, the crown jewel of your recruiting class. He, now they're trying to figure out how do you even fit him in with all of these other top level recruits. Um, So I think 2022 could be a really stacked class. 2021, Mac ETN, I think is the best chance that they have of bringing in a big and Benny Williams. I think is the best chance that they have of bringing in a wing. Uh, they missed on Kennedy Chandler, which was tough. I had conversations with Chandler's dad, and I wasn't super confident that Syracuse was ever going to be a great player for him. Um, and then forward, uh, you know, they're, they're in on Mac Etienne. I think they've made a lot of progress with him. He loved his visit to the Dome. 
Um, they also sort of have an inside track because one of his teammates at Suffield Academy on the basketball team is Justin Barron, who oh, okay. is a wide receiver coming in for the 2020 football class. And they talk all the time. They text all the time. And, and Justin all the time is like orange, 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 orange. Um, and <laughs> That's so I think on I th- Twitter, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's I, Justin's a great kid. I, I talk to him all the time. Um, he's super friendly. He loves, absolutely loves Syracuse. So Syracuse's best recruiter for Mac Etienne is actually Justin Barron. Forwards, I think Benny Williams is, is the primary target. He's like a 6'7", 6'8". Small, he's listed as a small forward out of Baltimore, but he's told me that he thinks he can actually play guard at the next level, which would be great for Syracuse. A lot of the other guys, they have sort of fallen off on. Uh, Frank Capang, they were, I think they've offered, but he seems like he really wants to go to Kentucky. John Camden is from, I think, the Philly area, but his sister plays basketball at Penn State, and Penn State has really done a lot of great work under Pat Chambers in recent years. So I think Camden's probably going to PSU. Um, and then I, I think some of the other guys, they, they haven't even offered. They've checked in on, but they're not super interested in. So Mac Etienne, Benny Williams, I think is going to be the class for them if, if they, if they get them. Um, there's been some inside stuff about Benny, maybe wanting to go to Maryland and sort of stay with the hometown team, but he, he loves Syracuse as well. There's, so you, you bring up the fact that recruiting kind of goes in ebbs and flows right now. And right now mm-hmm. the roster is pretty thin in terms of sheer bodies. Okay. So you've got that in play. Then it doesn't look like they're going to really or maybe not add anyone this year. And you said that in 2021 you think it's going to be thin. Do you feel like Jim's kind of saving his nuts for winter when 2022, you mentioned, (laughs) could be a year they go crazy and he's just going to go all in. And that's why he's saving all of these scholarships is because he thinks, hey, we can probably get four or five, maybe even six really good guys in 2022 and have one year where we look like Kentucky. Yeah, that that could be it. And then I think it's important to know, too, that I think there's some fans that are worried about 2021 because we don't like Syracuse doesn't we haven't heard anything. Syracuse hasn't gotten any recruits for 2021, which is normal for this time. You know, I I think if you look at the top 100 recruits for the class of 2021, there's only like five kids that have verbally committed. And so I think the fact that Syracuse has made so much progress getting the, the super early commitment from Dior. There was all the rumors about Chance Westry really wanting to commit. And then that sort of not falling through, but sort of getting adjusted in terms of timeline. So much progress got made for 2022 that people are panicking about 2021. They could still offer more kids. You know, the 2021 is still in the infancy of the process. And so even though they, they don't have a commitment for it, Maybe they go out this winter and offer five more kids. You know, Benny Williams and Magetian look like the highest priorities right now, but it's still super early in that process. I almost guarantee they're still going to offer more kids for the 2021 class. Um, But in general, yeah, 2022 could be the one that they just completely pop off in and you get three or four top 100 kids and you get two top 20 kids with Dior Johnson and Chance Westry. Um, So they could be saving a bunch of scholarships and part of it could be they've just made so much progress for 2022 that it sort of makes it seem like they're a little behind for 2021. And that could just not be the case. 
you went through some names there of recruits that they've missed out on. And mm-hmm. I know you mentioned Jordan Tucker, who went to Duke. It does feel like Duke has kind of done this thing lately where they'll swoop in last minute and then yeah. or maybe relatively last minute. And then kind of like what, what we saw with Tepe, he goes to Duke because it's Duke and that's just hard to compete with. Is there any truth to what some fans will tell you is that Coach K is just kind of relying on Bayheim to scout some of these <laughs> players and then, okay, he can just get off scot-free and come in late. You think there's any truth to that? And should they be really that upset as a fan if it's Duke that comes in and it takes over? Because at the end of the day, it is Duke. So in terms of whether or not there's truth to that, you know, has Coach K told me that personally? No, I don't, I don't have any inside information. But I'd be shocked if that wasn't the case. I think it would be silly yeah. if that's not the case. Why do the recruiting? And I, I put out the, the thinking guy meme on Twitter the other day because people were super upset about to pay. And I said, why recruit when you can get JB to do it for you? And I think that's what a lot of schools do. You know, Syracuse does that to a smaller scale. No, they aren't Duke or Kentucky, where a lot of the times these kids will have their group of schools and then they have that one dream offer that they're waiting on. Often that's not Syracuse, but sometimes it is. A kid that that was the case for was Howard Washington. Howard Washington was desperately waiting for that Syracuse offer. He probably would have been better off going to Buffalo where he could have started and played. You know, he could be in his fourth, third or fourth year with, with the Bulls and been playing great, but he was waiting on that Syracuse offer for so long. So Syracuse does it too. It's just sort of not to the scale that the Duke or the Kentucky does. And if I'm Coach K or if I'm Calipari or any of those guys, I'd be more than happy to sit back and wait and say, okay, Syracuse offer, like it's happening with UConn right now. A lot of fans are upset because Syracuse offers Donovan Klingon for 2022. Then UConn comes in um, and does that. And that's happened a couple times recently. I think UConn just offered Mac Etienne as well. I think Ohio State just offered Mac Etienne. It's just part of the process. I know it gets frustrating for Orange fans because they've missed out on a couple kids. I think it hurts especially because Quad A Green, Syracuse was a really good fit for Kentucky, not so much. Jordan Tucker could have slotted right in for Syracuse, goes to Duke, doesn't play. So those things specifically, I think, are frustrating. But in general, if Coach K and and some of those guys aren't trying to vulture what Jim and his staff are doing, they're doing it wrong. So with everything that's going on in the world right now, I mean, we mentioned how it's going to obviously impact 2020 and maybe the transfer market, but I think it almost impacts 2021 more in the sense Mm -hmm. that, I mean, we've seen Nike and and the EYBL has already canceled some of their sessions. I mean, Peach Jam probably isn't going to happen if it hasn't been canceled already. So, I mean, that's when a lot of these coaches do a lot of their work. And we even see guys go from maybe being top 50 recruits to top 30 recruits. And you see the rankings shuffle up a little bit, depending on how people's bodies develop and stuff like that. Have you heard anything about how this coaching staff is going to approach this unprecedented time in recruiting as well? I think they're they're going to be doing exactly what everybody else is doing, and they're just going to hit the phones. Um, I know, I think it's uh, Red Altry, I want to say, is the primary for Benny Williams, and they talk all the time. Um, I think Griffin is the primary for ETN, and I'm under the impression that they talk regularly. And I think with those two guys specifically for 2021, 
they've already officially visited. Um, Benny Williams was actually Benny Williams may have unofficially visited. He was way way at the beginning of the year, and then Mac Etienne was in part part of that like convoy of recruits that they brought in for the Duke game. So those guys, they already know the campus. They've already had great relationships. So right now, I think you just got to rely on what you've done early and just stay on the phones. And for 2021, they could be set. I think if you get Benny Williams and Mackie Tian for 2021, you have a great recruiting class. I don't think they need to do anything else. If they get those two guys, I don't even think you need to offer anybody else. All right. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben M. Burrows. And you can find his work, Syracuse.com and the Post Standard. Ben, this was great. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, thanks to our guy Ben Burrows over at Syracuse.com for hanging out with us the past couple days, talking some recruiting. We'll be back on Monday to dive more into Patrick Tepe as he's now back in the open market after decommitting from Duke. So we'll talk about that and have some good guests lined up for you next week as we have you every single week down Locked on Syracuse. So be sure to tune in next week on Monday and also check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. For Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you soon.